lot of passion for what you're doing. This rings true because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. It's really hard, and you have to do it over a sustained period of time. So if you don't love it, and if you're not happy with doing it, So welcome again to another episode of Johnson Title Podcast, a partner of MoshPitNation.com. This week's guest is Skinny from Mushroomhead, and with me as always is Daniel Terry. How are you doing? Doing great, John. How are you? I'm doing good. I just got done within the last uh, couple hours, finally finishing out Volume 3 DVD, the Mushroomhead DVD coming out August 17th via Megaforce, via Megaforce Records. What did you think of this DVD? Uh, I really liked, uh, to be honest with you, I really I liked the first hour quite a bit because it was mostly uh, music videos, and Mushroomhead always has crazy music videos um, that are so kind of above and beyond what a lot of bands do these days. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, I uh, No, I thought it was cool, man, uh, getting to see it and just to see the amount of production value that they threw on there. Um, I just have a short attention span, so getting through all of it uh, took me a couple tries. I mean, I will definitely say at clocking in at about, I think, an hour and 42 minutes, it's definitely, yeah. you know, quite a quite a bang for your buck. Um, I, I don't know if you had the same experience, but, you know, and granted, we got a link, so, I mean, I'm assuming it's a little bit more streamlined when you're putting in a dvd and you're you're selecting through everything but you know getting a stream of the the record you don't get that same experience as you would with a dvd but yeah you know when when clicking the thing the link to it i was just shocked that it starts off with like this really serene you know icelandic-y kind of looking thing with like you know the band walking through a de like a desert an ice desert basically and I was like, wow, this looks like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, kind of like Skinny says in the in the interview, you know, they, they kind of changed the format up quite a bit from from the other DVDs to this one. And so I kind of was like, wow, like they're really putting a lot of production into this. And, you know, like what kind of funny thing might happen here? Or, you know, like what what caught like did their bus break down? You know, because they and even in the DVD, they show like, you know, the bus accident they had. And so I was like, did they have an accident somewhere like really crazy and remote and they had to let go? And then I thought to myself, I was like, you're a fucking asshole. Like there's the <laughs> it's clearly a, a like a, a drive by through it, like with a helicopter. So I guess a flyby shot. And then I was like, there's no way that they could have planned <laughs> <laughs> to do a shoot after their bus got into an accident with a helicopter flying by, like it with a nice, like you know, 4K type uh, camera to like get them right. walking somewhere. So then I was like, I'm an idiot, and uh, I just you know sat in for the ride. And I mean, the visuals are really cool and kind of visceral in that opening video from going to the the kind of harsh environment, the, the pretty but harsh environment that they're in. To then you know kind of everybody in the church and and you know kind of delivering a sermon, and. I mean, I think that kind of sets the tone of, of kind of from one the jump scene kind of from from one you know scene to another because it it is a very not sporadic but a, it's almost jarring to a degree kind of like just the the scenes and the cutscenes that they kind of throw together and just kind of you know as you as you end up kind of figuring out it's just basically the touring cycle for their last album and you know the the 
the time frame of when it happens, you know, like they go to Australia and it's like, oh, this is the, the Australian part of the tour and, you know, so on and so forth. And, and it inter, intermixed with different songs playing while you're seeing live shots and stuff. And, you know, it takes it from, you know, as Skinny says, like a Pantera home video where it's like, here's a video, here's random bullshit, here's a video, here's random bullshit. It's more of almost like a, like more of a, I don't know if a concept uh, is the right word per se, but it was just a visually a very interesting, uh, very eye catching because it, it's all shot very well. And there's a lot of, you know, like saturation with the stage lighting and the, the, the light drums and so forth. And just everything, like everything seems like it was meticulously put where it is in the movie to capture everything that they wanted. Yeah, I mean it is a little jarring in the in the middle in that like the first the first hours played more or less pretty straight <laughs> and uh you know it it's like straight as mushroom head can play it right because they're they're wearing masks and in ridiculous outfits and and all of that and it's all different you know for each video. I just wonder sometimes like you know with the uh the few members in the band who don't have to wear masks I kind of was laughing to myself because, like, you know, like the sound wave uh, stuff and when they're playing outdoors and in hot-looking areas. And I'm like, so some of these people get to wear, like, really, you know, like the, their singer, their female singer gets to wear, like, you know, nice, like, shorts and doesn't have to wear a mask or, fa- paint, you know, paint their face and all that. And uh, J-Man doesn't have to either. And then I'm like, and then the rest of the guys are like, oh, we're in our normal stage gear and we're probably sweating balls in this mask. And I was like, I just wonder if they look at the other two and the other guys like, oh man, I'm really whooped. And you're like, fuck you. Like I have to wear this, this whole outfit. And we just played in like a 90 degree, you know, festival outdoors. Like, fuck you. If you think that was bad. You kind of wonder too, like, are you ever going to show up at like a hundred and ten degree concert and everybody's like naked except for shorts and they've just got the masks on? So it's like <laughs> on almost. Yeah, yeah, like that. I think that would be ridiculous, but fun. But uh, no, it, it's weird though how it shifts in the middle of the DVD to being more of that random funny bullshit, but it being its own section. So it's almost like if you're only here for the videos then you're going to get all that stuff. Like you're, you're going to get everything in a row like that. And I'm sure, you know, obviously on a DVD, it's going to be in chapters and, and all that. So it's easy to just skip to whatever it is you want to see. But like, if you don't care about the, about the offstage stuff, you know, or the onstage stuff or the compilation or the, the fun random tour stuff, then you can skip all that and still have a really great experience. And um, that's kind of, uh, kind of my favorite thing about it because I'm not, I'm not big on all the the tour silliness. I'm more of a documentary style kind of guy. Right. And I I do believe that Mushroom Head, at this point in their career, really needs a chronological documentary uh, just explaining the band. Because I think there's a lot of people that listen to Mushroom Head and are like, I don't get it. Or I don't know where to start. You know? And this DVD seems to be more in the right direction of showing everything the band's about in one uh one thing if they do another dvd i'd like to see some sort of sit down interview kind of thing with with past and present band members you know i think uh yeah you know i think the kitty documentary that they just did the 20 years of kitty or whatever i think that's a, a really if i could marry two documentary band documentaries that i think would be for fit mushroom head really well 
I think it would be the Kid E documentary because they've had so many iterations of their band and they included everybody to tell literally like you're saying the progression of the band from the start when it was the four of them with Fallon and Mercedes and uh, I think it was Talina and uh, Morgan and then progress through the years with the various members. But then also, I think the other, the, one of the other band documentaries I really like, and I don't think they get a lot of love, and they never really did as a band themselves, is actually Chimera. If you look at a lot of the Chimera yeah. DVDs, they do a really good job of, you know, doing interviews throughout the recording of, a, of an album, showing you the touring cycle, you know, including extras like, you know, live videos, videos themselves. Like, they, they've all, Chimera always did a great job of putting out great quality DVDs with the release of an album or in between a tour, you know, album cycle or whatever. And very much like the band, I just don't think that, you know, they got a lot of love or a lot of credit for what they were able to accomplish in those because, you know, I, the, the impossibility of reason, uh, DVD that they put out. There is some really awkward shit on that, and it was one of the first times I ever saw a band be so brutally honest about the inner problems that that band had, and I had a it gave me a lot more respect for that band and a lot more of you know the inner workings of like, well, our drummer just fucking quit and fuck this dude because mm-hmm. you know all these things and well we're really strapped so we ended up getting this guy and then you know in the last twenty minutes of the DVD where everything seemed to go good and it's like, well this guy wasn't a good pick and you know I guess we kind of learned that maybe we shouldn't just go, we should have taken more time however we had no time, uh so this person is no longer in the band we just got this guy. And everything seems to be good, but, and you know, and, and it kind of sets up like when you get to the next DVD, you know, and and that's kind of the thing for me with the other Mushroom Head DVDs is I, because they feel so much like the Pantera home videos and, and Skinny says that, is it just kind of feels like when the next one comes, you just expect more of the same. Whereas like with those Chimera DVDs, it feels like a movie, like a, like a, a you know, like a trilogy or whatever, where it's like when the one's done. You're like, oh, man, I wonder what happens next. And you forget that it's a band, so it's like they have to record the new record, they have to tour, they have to do all these things. But because of the the real-life circumstances that are in it, you're just like, oh, shit. Like, I feel like I'm watching a movie, even though it's a documentary. This shit really happens. Because it it doesn't – it it's almost like one of those things where it's like it doesn't necessarily feel scripted, but there's, like, there's so much drama and bullshit and like real-life things that happen that you're like, someone had to have written this. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, it's like you can't make this shit up, you know, some of it. And, uh, you know, that, yeah, I, I agree with you on those Chimera DVDs. Those are some of the most eye-opening. Like, if you want to know what it's like on the daily to be in a band, like, I mean, that's it. And it's not always pretty, you no. know. <laughs> and uh, oftentimes not pretty at all, you know. No. But, uh, you know, that, that's why I do think that Mushroom Head took a bigger step here. I think that this... I think that this DVD was a love letter to fans, you know, like, hey, for everybody that's out there waving the flag, you know, for Mushroom Head, this is like the perfect gift to them. And before we get into my conversation with Skinny, I want to welcome on a new sponsor to the show. That is right, Good Company with Bowling. It's an awesome YouTube show. Uh, I don't, Dan, have you seen it? I know he uh, sponsors our mutual friend and Talk To Me podcast. Have you checked out any of his yeah. interviews? Yeah, his interviews are pro dude like i'm talking like it's not million uh, you know i I always throw out the word million dollar studio i mean obviously it's probably not that but you know what i'm saying like it's very professional almost like almost like old school uh mtv interviews but with way more substance it was funny when i was telling a, a friend of mine that you know i had a new show sponsor 
he was like, oh, what is it? And I was like, oh, it's good company with bowling. And he goes, is it a podcast? And they go, it's basically like a YouTube interview series. Uh, and he goes, well, who, like, who all's been on? And I was like, oh, well, like, he's, all, you know, I just had Lejean on. He's had Lejean and Clint uh, from Seven Dust. Uh, I know he just recently did Eddie Trunk, which kind of jealous because, I mean, that's like one of the, the music podcast godfathers, kind of. Uh, and, you know, and like yeah. the big one, obviously, that I've heard about. And, you know, when you watch it, you're just like, well, no wonder this is the one everyone's talking about. But his head from corn. And I, and he goes, well, isn't it weird that you're basically like supporting someone who's like your direct competition? And I go, no, like, dude, when you watch these videos, they are just disgustingly awesome, like looking. Like I go, <laughs> the shit I throw on YouTube is like, oh, here's like the Happy Meal version. It's cost you a dollar or something. But then it's like, oh, well, I went to this nice gourmet burger place and I had like a twenty dollar Kobe beef burger, and uh, you know, like that's kind of how I related to to it because I'm I'm a fatty and I like food. But uh, you know, good company with bowling. Uh, what can I say about it? It's if you like great in depth music interviews where you can hear about each album in chronological order. And what the artist experienced in, in making these albums and what they put into making these albums that you have grown to love, I I don't know how you can't like his interview series. Like, it's, it's just honestly so good. And, I mean, you know, we talk about the interviews with, you know, Clinton, Lejean from Seven Dust, and Eddie Trunk, and Head from Corn, And, I mean, the crazy thing is, is, like, you know, I've read those Korn books, uh, or the books that Head wrote, and, you know, I felt like I thought I knew a lot about the time period between when he left Corn to, to him rejoining. But, I mean, it's like in that interview, it's like you just get this intangible that even in the guy's own words in a book, you just you just don't get. And to me, like, that's what I really enjoy about Scott Bowling's show, Good Company with Bowling. Um, and like you said, it's just the production of it's produced so well. And, I mean, if you want yeah. basically – if you want a good – interview series where like you get to watch the person interviewing the person that you you are there to see and not have it look sloppy not have it look shitty like i I can't really think of anybody else doing it better honestly well yeah and just to talk about the competition thing here real quick there's this always this perceived thing that just because we're a podcast that does interviews and he's a webcast that does interviews you know that doesn't necessarily make competition like especially for me coming on this show as co-host i'm still kind of new to interviewing people like you know uh I'm, I'm a guy that is used to just talking shit about records and not having to listen to anybody else's thoughts on them you know <laughs> and um but you know like a lot of these shows that they're you know supposedly competition for what we're doing I mean, I'm listening to all those shows and trying to get tips and, I, you know, and ideas and stuff. And so um, that's a really good place to start. If you're if you're new to interviewing um, the good company with bowling, man, that that is one of the best places to start to, to have real conversations with people instead of just li- reading them a list of questions. So if you would also like to keep up with everything going on with Scott and the Good Company with Bowling show. You can find him on Facebook at Good Company with Bowling. You can follow him on Instagram at Scott Good Company. And you can also go to the website at www.scottgoodcompany.com. You know, like you said, it's it's really – if you are a podcaster or someone who wants to do interviews, I definitely think uh, you can learn a lot by Scott Bowling. And if, if you don't learn anything other than this one fact, it's put the fucking work in because – that dude put so much time, effort, and energy into that webcast, 
and it fucking shows. So again, thank you to Scott Bowling for sponsoring this podcast. So if you want to see basically a way better version of this and uh, with so much production value into it, please go check out our sponsor, Good Company with Bowling. You will not be disappointed. And I just want to thank Scott for coming on to sponsor this podcast and this little Thomas the Tank Engine train that could. (laughs) Because honestly, I should should probably be giving him money to uh, (laughs) plug our our little thing. But... Very excited and proud to have him on as a sponsor, and uh, go check him out. And with that, we are going to get into our conversation with Skinny from Mushroom Head, and we will talk to you when we're done. So this afternoon, Dan and I have the pleasure of talking to Skinny from Mushroom Head. How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for taking the time. Not a problem. So we are here to talk about the new DVD. Uh, let me see. I want to make sure I have the the right title for it. I believe it's just volume called, three. I was gonna say I believe it's just called Volume Three, but I want to make sure there's no yeah. extra <laughs> thing on the end of it. Yeah. No, we didn't. We didn't. Get, uh, get clever with it. The uh, you know the first ones were just straight up volume one and two. So we figured, you know, we should call this one three instead of jumping to four. We're gonna make sense out of it. I think it'd be funnier if you just went straight to like ten and people are like, did, did I miss something? <laughs> seven seven different volumes. <laughs> volume four point five. There you go. You never know. You might see a three point five. We well, actually, threw away so much stuff. Threw away so much stuff. I was going to say, Jackass did that, actually. You know, for in between everything, they'd always put out the, the half, and it was full of the extra shit. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I wonder, you know, maybe... Big fan, big fan of that stuff. <laughs> you know, and kind of looking at everything, it kind of seems like... I kind of liked... It took me a little bit to figure out what the the format was for this this documentary, because it it's very... It reminded me kind of of the... the uh, CKY chopped and screwed thing, where it's just literally a bunch of tour footage thrown together... And then, you know, music videos and so forth. And then I kind of realized it was literally whatever the tour was. Like, so it's like if you were over in, I think it was Australia for Soundwave. Okay, here's the Australian tour. Here's, you know, I remember kind of having the aha moment with Dan where I was like, oh, I figured it out. It's it's the tours themselves, like in the yeah, succession. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty much what we tried to do on this one was um, just get that entire album cycle, you know. So the only song that has a video and it's a live one, um, is the song One More Day from the album 13. Everything else is straight off the Righteous and the Butterfly. So the, all the slow-mo stuff that's in between the videos, that all has remixes of songs off of Righteous and the Butterfly. So it's all really self-contained into, uh, into that album cycle, whether, like you said, it's the live stuff or um, remixes or the actual you know album songs. And some of them are, are complete mixes of those songs as well, like the uh, the video for we are the truth that's a completely different mix of that song right but yeah, that version all together that was really cool i liked uh i liked hearing the different because ver- i'd never heard that uh that rendition of it you know and uh um, right on. one of the things that i thought was really cool about this i mean first of all the visual effects the the high definition just the way everything looks is um 
so above and beyond, you know, like what you're used to seeing with music videos now. I mean, most music videos nowadays are just people, you know, it's just cut live footage. I mean, and there is some of that in there, but like this is, but for the actual music videos, it kind of makes me wonder, are we looking at, you know, a mushroom head album, uh, <laughs> like con concept album with feature film at some point, because um, it's, it looks very, um, it looks like it's almost going in that direction. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because after working on that, I mean, we worked on this thing pretty hard over the last three years between the touring and making the videos and just getting it to look right, you know. Um, I had a lot of help with um, some guys out of Cleveland as far as uh, with the camera work, uh, Monoblock Studios, uh, Andrew Spurk and Josh Apple. Um, they were really, um, really, really, really sharp guys. They, 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 they got it together. You know, good good eyes, good gear. So we would spend a lot of time lighting. <laughs> I mean, a lot of time lighting just to get the stuff to look right, just as raw, so you're not depending on coloring it later. But as we did it, we got really comfortable. And, you know, because I do all the posts and all the editing and coloring and stuff as well. So, you know, after working on this stuff for a couple of years, it's like, you know what, I think this next time around we should do something and I'm not saying the wall, but let's do something kind of like a little version of that on this next album. So, you know, careful what you wish for, because we, we've already started talking about how to approach this whole next round and uh, try to do it a little faster, too. Part of part of the, the reason it took three years is, you know, doing it ourselves and, we, and then having budgets. And then, you know, part of learning, you know, that's the way a lot of footage to make sure it looked right. <laughs> the whole days of, you know, of filming and, you know, it just didn't didn't either go right or the lighting was not going well. So um, it was a hell of a learning curve, but man, I, I'm really proud of it. I think that DVD came out really cool and it's, and it's different from the other ones. The other ones definitely had more of a, um, like the Pantera style, you know, those vulgar videos where, you know, it'd be a video and some funny behind the scenes and then some live and then back to, you know, that, that type of thing. This one kind of, it sets a tone for the first probably 38 minutes. That's a little bit more cinematic. Yeah, I. Uh, it's, it's very interesting choice of words to end the, that sentence with. I kind of had wondered, you know, with so much of the the theatrics that go into your live show that you you present in the DVD, and you know the the costumes and and everything else that you know you put into your visuals of the band, and kind of piggybacking off of Dan's question, have you thought of maybe doing like a rock opera of sorts? Um, you know, it's funny we. Uh we we talk about the Rocky Horror Picture Show all the time. Um, somebody uh, somebody compared uh, the whole Mushroom Head thing to uh, uh, like a heavy metal blue man meets Mortal Kombat. And I was like, you know what? That's that's pretty good actually, because it is at the end of the day. I think it is all about the entertainment, you know, and being able to have something else besides just some songs. And that's where it's it's, it's we're very fortunate that people ended up liking what we do because you know we're artists, so we're going to make this stuff either way. But um. Yeah, uh, like I said, we, we, we've been throwing around that whole idea of, of doing something a little bit more, you know, conceptual. So, like, I, we kept throwing around the, the, whole, the whole wall idea. Um, I don't know why that one keeps coming up more of a than, say, a rock opera. But, um, you know, back to that whole thing as far as the shows, um, I, I don't think a lot of people really realize that, you know, we're a very DIY camp and we're artists, not rock stars, so to speak. Um, so we were very hands-on with all of our masks. We're very hands-on with all of our, you know, wardrobe, stage lighting, all that, all that stuff. Um, you know, I think it, this will give 
if you're not a huge fan of the band or you don't really know a lot about it, by watching this DVD, I think you'll get another perspective of, of what it is that we do. We're not just, you know, banging away and making metal music, you know, although, you know, God bless it. That's my favorite part. <laughs> right. That's an added bonus. Um, right. <laughs> one of the things that I noticed about uh, the Evil Dead tribute, so I'm watching it, you know, earlier I'm talking about how, you know, it's everything looks so good, so high definition. And so I'm watching this tribute to Evil Dead, you know, with one of my favorite bands basically playing the soundtrack, but not just playing the soundtrack, but like participating in, you know, in the events. And um, I was like, man, is the production value on this actually better than the limited budget that they had when they made Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2? We we definitely spent some time and, and, and money on that. You know, a fun another fun fact that people a lot of people aren't getting on this video that you know the the four people in the cabin are the actual singers of a song. You know, those are the <laughs> those are the, the band members. Everyone's got you know Jay Gruen his beard and Waylon's wearing a silly wig. Jackie's wearing a dark wig. Jeff just kind of looked like Jeff, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people miss that whole fact. That, like, like I, I know some people said, oh, you know, who are the actors and this and that. I noticed. Some, um, chatter online about it, and I can't believe like people missed it. And then someone pointed out, "Well, you guys do wear masks, and so no one really knows what you look like." I'm like, "Well, all right, fair enough." <laughs> it's just this, a fun fact that people don't really notice right away that you know the singers are the actual ones that, that get to turn on each other, and they are the actors. It's pretty pretty cool little little side thing there. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, you guys probably save money on hiring actors in that regard too. You're in, you're in the band. You work for the band. Now put on this makeup, you know. And that's not something right. that, that's not something that they're not used to hearing. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, that one was a lot of fun to film. It took forever and to get it to look right. But once once we started putting it together, um, we did end up throwing away, you know, almost two whole days of shooting that stuff but i mean that was shot over of course i want to say four different four days in two different locations too so um a lot a lot of work but again i'm I'm really really happy with the end result you know speaking to you know a lot of the work and and people not realizing that the the vocalists of the song were were the people in the video i think that speaks to the anonymity that the band has you know with with this mask you wear and so forth something i've kind of wondered and I, I maybe blame listening to too much Eddie Trunk podcast for this, um, but the the fact that you know there are bands, legacy bands out there, and I mean you guys are what twenty five years into your career at this point. Yeah, October twenty third, we were hitting twenty five. So I mean, at that point, you know, it's it's safe to say you guys are a legacy band as well, with the the time that you put in, and you know, you look to a band like Foreigner who basically doesn't have any original members and they're actively touring they're you know i mean granted might be doing the casino circuit but whatever but i mean they're still actively touring people still pay to go see that band with the fact that there are people not identities per se with the band like oh this is you know you know steve smith uh in mushroom head have you ever thought of and you mentioned blue man group there are several iterations of the blue man group that are out have you ever thought of potentially looking into being like we are going to step back. We're going to let musicians on our calip- on our same level, you know, maybe we'll write the music, but they'll go out, they'll perform it, they'll keep the Mushroom Head brand still in existence. Yeah. But at some point, we'll kind of take a hands-off approach and let someone else go do the, the touring part. 
Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. We've talked about that kind of stuff forever. You know, I'm, I'm like one of the only surviving main members, Stitch and I, at this point. And I've been there since, you know, 92. I started it, you know, basically the founder of the whole thing. And then Stitch, what, he's 17, almost 18 years in now with with me as well. But, you know, throughout the gigantic revolving door and the roster of people that have come and gone, because, you know, we, we here at Mushroom Head like to keep an open-door policy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, Equal opportunity. But, yeah, we... Absolutely. So we we we've spoken about it quite a few times as far as uh, a the thing's going to go on no matter what doesn't matter who's in it. Um, it is very much a brand and it is um, become bigger than any one particular band member and it's something that it was kind of always supposed to happen anyway. So like it, it's not like you know the sound of two guys that makes up Mushroom Head. It's always been evolving. And constantly changing, and um, you know that that is the one thing that stayed constant with Mushroom. It's, it's always changing uh, with the the sound and just using technology and just getting better at at, at stuff. But uh, to answer your question, yeah, we we made jokes about franchising it out. Um, the first place we'd start is we'd set one up down in Brazil, you know, like in, the, in South <laughs> America, because <laughs> it's just it's those types of, absolutely. There's a there's a actually a um, a cover band that. That um, does us, and they dress up and all that shit. So, um, it, we've we've mentioned it quite a few times because obviously you can't be in two places at once, and there's so many cool festivals and so many things going on all the time. It's like that. Yeah, it, it's very much something that could could happen. You never know. <laughs> so I'm gonna just speaking of you know the the age of the band and all that. Um, some of my favorite Mushroom Head releases. Because I go a little far back, like my favorite album is Super Buick, you know. Right. Um, yeah. And um, I'm wondering, as far as uh, as far as those releases go, you know, I know you talked on Toomey's show recently about uh, the streaming and how you guys would like everything to just be on there. Because I mean, who wouldn't, right? Um, yeah. But uh, those first three Mushroom Head self-released albums are those ever like? What are the odds of fans ever being able to get physical copies of those again? That is something we do. Uh from time to time on eBay okay. um, and it's usually directly after a tour because we, the, that's really the pl- only place you can get those, those, the copies and those original versions is at our shows um, because those are the records that we still own. So with, you know, the whole CD market going down, um, you know, Best Buy, what was it? July 1st, they, they called it a quits, no more CDs. Yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah. So, you know, now, we're like our own, uh, you know, roaming distro, if you will, like, uh, you know, just traveling salesman, if you will, <laughs> door to door with our dictionaries. Um, but yeah, you can get those at our shows. And, uh, as a matter of fact, we're, we've got some vinyl of all the first three albums as well. Uh, M3 actually comes out next month on 12 inch, 180 Ooh, gram. And, wow. and yeah, and you can hit us, you can hit us up directly on our, uh, Facebook. There'll be a post coming up on the Facebook once we've got our hands on it. But um, very cool. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. We're huge vinyl guys, so everything's going back to you know copies on on twelve inch. And right now, well, once M three comes in, we'll have all uh, the first three all of them available. Very cool. Well, I'll have to keep my eyes open for that for sure. Right on. Yeah. And kind of in wrapping up, to, so we can let you get going on to the rest of your day and other interviews, uh, typically like to have the band plug their socials and then uh, to pick a song to play the episode out to. So where can everyone find you and what would you like us to play it out to? Um, I think we're just Mushroom Head Official at Facebook. I, uh, 
I don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um, you know, because with the band and you know, being you know, a corporation, if you will, I have other people that handle that stuff, and they just bring certain things to my attention. But yeah, you know, you can go to our, our mushroomhead.com and uh, hit us up on Facebook as well. I think we've got you know, mushroomhead official Instagram, and we're pretty easy to track down. Um, McDonald sent us a cease and desist the other day for one of our designs <laughs> online. So we're, we're, we're pretty easy to find. Yeah, we got it. We had a, a Mick Mushroom Head shirt, you know, with the golden arches and the logo. Meanwhile, <laughs> Max Abbott tell Ronald McDonald, the lawyer. I was gonna say, right. but somehow Max Abbott doesn't fall under the cease and desist thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what kind of licensing deal they required or whatever? But uh, like I said, we're pretty easy to find. So. Just get online and check out .com, and it'll usually direct you in any any which way to go if you want to find out more about Mushroom Head. And then, obviously, we've got uh, August 17th, the Volume 3 hits the streets, and uh, I know it's pre-orders available on Amazon right now. And then uh, August 17th also starts the first day of the Summer of Screams Tour, which we're headlining, and uh, we're going out with Power Man, 5,000, and... Uh, Psycho Stick, The Browning, Kissing Candace, Unset Fate, and a couple of others. Uh, it's a cool tour. It's, it's hitting the whole country, and it'll be the first leg of the Volume 3 DVD tour. So um, if it's coming to a city near you, man, come on out and check us out. We're going to have a blast on that run. And then what would you like us to play the episode out to? Absolutely the, the video version of We Are The Truth. All right. Thank Perfect. you. Well, thank you very much, Skinny, for taking the time to chat with us, and uh, looking forward to catching you guys uh, with the Browning dudes uh, if you when you guys come around here. Yeah, those guys are a fun time, man. We've toured with them before, so we're looking forward. We've toured with a bunch of these bands before, so it's going to be fun. It's like a mini high school reunion, man. You know, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of antics, a lot of antics on this tour. Awesome, cool, very cool. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, take care, you guys. Yep, you All too. Right. You too. Yeah. Bye. So that was our conversation with Skinny from Mushroomhead. Uh, I want to thank Dan for kind of doing the heavy lifting on that one because uh, he had some really good questions. Yeah, I I wouldn't call myself a shroom head or whatever it is that mushroom head fans are called uh, so much, but I've definitely <laughs> been following the band for a while. Like I, I revealed my age saying that my favorite mushroom head album was one of the independent releases, Super Buick, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you know came out in the '90s. So you know, there. If you want to put a ruler on how old you think we are. Um, well, I think it also I think it also speaks to the fact that, you know, sometimes I wonder with some of these bands and getting to talk to certain people, it's like, you know, age is one thing, obviously, because, like, I can remember, you know, watching Solitary Unraveling videos on MTVX when that was still a thing while I was still going to high school. And yeah, okay. sometimes I wonder with you living in St. Louis and me living here in Michigan that, you know, I wonder if because we're sort of in this in the Midwest area, if it. You know, if we got on the radar, or I should, should should say, if Mushroomhead became on our radar because of them, you know, hitting our areas as being one of the first handful of states they would have been touring out into. Yeah, I mean, even here in St. Louis, they've they've got a pretty big following, and we're, granted, we're a town that's a little bit behind the times as far as like <laughs> they're all still well, no, but I mean, they're they're all still rocking the double X or XX or whatever album it was. They came out before. Um, 13 you know like everybody's really there's no nice way to say it everybody in st louis is really into new metal um not that i think that mushroom had is specifically that but um they definitely you know appealed to that midwest you know late 90s early 2000s demographic 
And I think it's people like us in St. Louis, too, that have kind of just kept waving that torch, you know, uh, throughout. But, yeah, like we probably in the Midwest were kind of the first market to hit. And um, a band like because even in the Midwest, like I said, people are a little bit more backwater in play in places, not so much in the the major (laughs) cities, but but in places like I, I live like probably like 40 minutes south of St. Louis, you know. And so, you know, we're definitely the Midwestern place. So, you know, you get to be that kid in the late 90s, early 2000s wearing, you know, this shirt that's got, you know, a face on it with X's for eyes and in the back it says mushroom head, you know, like they, they were a big hit down here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, um, you know, they were probably that's where they built a fan base. They got that those grassroots movements going because, I mean, before that, they they were in um, Cleveland forever. Yeah. You know, as an independent band, and they put out those three independent releases. And, um, you know, once they released their compilation album that had, like, all their best songs on it, and that was considered by most people to be their debut, um, they definitely hit uh, hit the Midwest like a firestorm. And I think the whole, you know, Mushroom Head Slipknot thing, you know, helped both bands gain more popularity during those years. Yeah, it's funny. I don't think a lot of people think about how, quote-unquote, beef you know, we'll keep both names in the in the press and, and, and benefit everybody that way. And I don't know that legitimately there was really anything to it because <laughs> there was no beef between the bands themselves. No, it was just it was just guys at shows being like, well, no, I think Slipknot is better. And I think that Mushroom had ripped off the masks. And then, you know, Dan Terry in the background sitting there like, well, actually, takes a couple hits for my inhaler. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, actually, uh, Mushroom Head's been around since the early 90s in Cleveland and was doing the mask thing way before. So if anything, Slipknot ripped off of anything. It's like, no, I think we were just going through a time period in music where a couple of dude of a group of dudes from two different areas had kind of a similar idea. Well, isn't it funny <laughs> that it's like it. the two bands kind of came from areas where it's like, there's nothing to do. So it's like, right. you know, and they're of the same age. So it's like, I, I always think it's funny when people bitch about, well, this person ripped off this thing. And it's like, couldn't it possibly be that like, Oh, I'm of the same age as you or the same age as these people. And therefore we have maybe the same influences. Uh, if we're in this, this niche market of metal or whatever. So it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I think people take things way too seriously or too think too much about things. And it's like, they don't think, think to think of the other intangibles that probably everyone shares. That's into these same things. Like typically if you're into metal, from what I notice, you, probably are into like horror movies yeah so what who's to say that someone wasn't like you know it'd be cool is if like we dressed up like blah 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 like whatever and you know when the day and age of like metal bands it's like oh you have guar you have you know there's there's enough different bands from that time frame when all these bands were kind of coming you know between the slipknots and the uh the mushroom heads that it's like there were there are other bands that people were inspired by or even the theatrics of like alice cooper or marilyn manson or any of these things that it's like you know there's enough people who i mean how many times have you seen a movie and then you see a movie like that comes out later that year or earlier and it's like this is basically the same fucking movie just with different people and it's like so right. to, to, for someone to sit there and be like well i had this idea first it's like well it's an idea and you know what you probably have somebody else probably had the same idea and maybe they beat you to it or maybe they didn't but the way it's executed is like there's completely different ways. Like look at Terry universal. 
I'm sure people are probably like, oh, they're just a Slipknot or Mushroomhead ripoff, but it's like, I feel like what they do is not the same as what either of the other two bands I just mentioned do. Just like Mushroomhead doesn't really, like, yeah, they have a sample person, they have, you know, extra percussions and so forth, but I don't think they do it in the same way that Slipknot does, personally. Well, the bands sound vastly different from one another. I think that Slipknot is a far more aggressive band than, uh, I always considered Slipknot to be super aggressive forward. And Mushroomhead was like passive aggressive, if that makes sense. Like, they they Mushroomhead tied into theatrics and stuff a lot more. Yeah. And you know, like I said, it, it doesn't take a genius to listen to two different things and figure out what the difference is between them. And I think you know one of the biggest things too. It's like it's kind of like um, you know, when Josh Scogan left the chair left Norma Jean and started the Chariot, and everybody's like, oh, who's better now, Norma Jean or the Chariot? And it's like everybody's ignoring the the concept of like, isn't it okay to enjoy Both. now two versions of something that you like? Yeah. If you're into the masks and the theatrics, there's no reason why you don't like Slipknot and Mushroom Head. Yeah. You know, that they, they serve different purposes, you know, musically anyway. And, you know, if you're into the, if you're into the masks, you're into the stage show, you're into the theatrics. I don't understand why it's a bad thing to have two of the same thing that you like. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's always interesting, but I mean, you, like, you know, kind of like I said in the interview, you can't have a career for twenty five years and be doing something wrong. So, I mean, the fact that they've right. been around that long, you know, they're still touring, they're still headlining all the tours they do. They still get really great bands to go out and support them, and by all accounts, especially when you watch the DVD, like, it looks like business is good for that band. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I always, I've always had this try to be more positive with something instead of being like shitting on something because maybe they do something I don't like. It's like, let's look at the positives. Band's been around for 25 years. They've endured what? Three different big swings in the metal community. As far as there was new metal, there was, you know, metal core. Then now there's gent or death core. And, you know, they're still around. They're still viable. They're still a money-making band. They still have figured out ways to be relevant and also change themselves. And to me, it's like you can't do that if you suck. You can't You can't make your way through this industry if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And so to me, it's like anyone who hates on this band should just fucking stop and should just figure out – maybe look to them and be like, yo, what are they doing that's making them successful because maybe there's something I can learn from them. That's a good point. I mean, honestly, like I think, you know, that was one of the things when I started podcasting, I hate to throw this throw back the competition thing again, but it's kind of the same thing. in like what we do, um, I know there are a lot of podcasts that start and fizzle out because they don't ever establish, you know, any kind of relationships or try to, you know, hone their craft. What I started doing when I first started podcasting is I listened to everybody's podcast, whether I thought it was, whether I thought it was uh, competition or not competition, and then I was like, okay, so I need to just learn from this person and make those relationships and ask questions and step up. And um, if you're if you're a band that is starting out, it's kind of the same type of advice of, you know, um, just because you don't understand something or whatever, you know, you need to look a little bit deeper and see, you know. What is this person doing wrong? Doing right that I'm doing wrong, right? Yeah, I uh, I think that's really as good of a place as we can kind of end the episode on. Uh, so if you would like to keep up with our partner at Moshpit Nation, you can find them at moshpitnation.com. 
Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com backslash moshpitnation west, capital M-I. Twitter and Instagram are simply moshpitnation. And if you would like to keep up with our sponsors, you can find The Bean Bastard at The Bean Bastard on Facebook and Instagram. You can find them and buy some coffee at thebeanbastard.com. And you can find our new sponsor, Good Company with Bowling, over on Facebook at Good Company with Bowling. Instagram at Scott Good Company. And just search out Good Company with Bowling on YouTube. Find all those great interviews with Eddie Trunk, LeJean Witherspoon, Elias from Nonpoint. I mean, like I said, that dude is just putting out content that is so quality that it just makes me kind of want to give this up because I just I, <laughs> I'm not on that level uh, <laughs> but yeah you can find him there uh, and then you can also find Dan at where? at uh, Discuss Metal Dan on Twitter and you can also find my other podcast Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com I know we just put a Disturbed episode up recently and uh i think we've got uh an offspring one come uh, an offspring one coming soon and if you'd like to keep up with skinny and mushroom head you can basically find them on instagram and facebook at mushroom head official twitter is just simply mushroom head and if you would like to keep up with the podcast you can find us on facebook instagram and youtube at johnson's idol podcast if you follow me on youtube it's not gonna be nearly as good as a uh, good company with bowling but uh we try and uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Johnson's Title Pod, and you can email me at johnsontitlepod at gmail.com. And remember, you can find Mushroom Head. Their DVD Volume 3 comes out August 17th via Megaforce Records, and you can also catch them on the Summer of Screams tour starting August 17th, the same day the DVD comes out. And I believe uh, I heard on the Toomey podcast uh, that Skinny said that there will be signed copies of the DVD too. So if you would like a personalized or I guess it's not personalized, but a signed copy of the DVD. Uh, you can find them at the shows. It runs from August 17th through September 15th, and it has Power Man 5000, Psycho Stick, The Browning, and Kissing Candace. Uh, I want to say thanks again to Skinny for coming on and talking, and uh, we're going to end this episode as we always do with a song, and as you heard him say, surprisingly, though, uh, he wanted me to play the video version of We Are The Truth, so we're going to end that out with that. And we will talk to you next week.
Over there, we got the old warning, warning.